Welcome to another podcast of Hockey 24-7 in collaboration with Raider Media. It's the podcast that talks anything and everything to do with hockey within South Africa. With me, as always, Tyron Jabu Barnard. His middle name's Jabu, but uh, his uh, everything else is to do with hockey. He absolutely loves the sport, and he is also the media official for Hockey SA. Tyron, good to have you back. Yes, always good being here, dear, and uh, looking forward to today's guest. I think uh, a bit of history was made with him, and uh, it'll be great to hear from him about it. Oh, tell us a bit more. Who do we have today? So today we're fortunate enough to have the winning coach from the men's indoor RPT, Ross Willis, who led a, a rather young side to, as far as uh, the records go, the first ever indoor hockey national title for Western Province. Magnificent. And we do have him on the line. Ross, so glad to chat to you. And uh, yeah, congratulations on uh, your recent achievement. Oh, Dirk, thank you so much. Yeah, great to be here. And um, yeah, thank you for the opportunity to, to chat about IPT. Yeah, and, and I think where, where else to start? We dive straight in with it, uh, Ross, uh, first and foremost, are you still on cloud nine? Have you come down and how's the hangover? <laughs> sure. So um, obviously got quite a couple of messages, which was always a, yeah, a great feeling. But um, And still maybe now and then I have to pinch myself to think uh, we actually achieved it. But uh, um, yeah, looking back to what what happened was um, yeah, it was an amazing feat and uh, proud, of the, proud of the team, man. And, and really what I wanted to do in this chat is just go through a little bit of your your journey because if you looked at the team lineups at the start of the, the trophy and, and you know and I have had a, a little bit of an informal chat on this before but Western Province would not have been probably favoured to make the final you're probably looking at hoping to to get a bronze medal there but as the tournament progressed you slowly but surely just became better and better as a team and, and we wanted to just walk through that a little bit and 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 see what transformation kind of happened and, and how it worked so uh, if I can ask you to cast your mind back before the tournament, you were given the first time opportunity to lead this team. You know, what was your what was your approach going in as far back as squad selection already? All right, well, looking at the question that yeah, that was posed, um, I think basically from the time that we we, we met the players for the selection, um, we, we knew that we had three and a half weeks or just under for preparation for the tournament. Um, we knew that we were only going to be selecting one team compared to the ladies' two. And we obviously once I had met the players, I realised quite quickly that it was going to be a young crop of uh, crop of gentlemen coming in. And um, again, looking at the the last couple of years, I've managed to get quite a good rapport with a couple of the players. And um, I think although it was a challenge, I was quite excited for yeah for the opportunity. And um, obviously, with what we had to create, we realised that the amount of indoor hockey that was being played elsewhere in the country, obviously, if I isolate KZN they have an exceptional indoor league. And um, what we were currently having in the Western Cape was, yeah, I think the guys ended up playing four or five competitive like uh, league fixtures, of which, yeah, it was pretty much on a Sunday afternoon, uh, sporadic times. And um, we then knew that we had to do something different. And with selecting such a young team that had all come through the PSI system, it meant that they had a, a massive uh, indoor hockey background. But um, now it just had to be somehow getting that out of them. And um, with our preparation, so we ended up ha having about five one-and-a-half-hour sessions before we went to IPT. And um, what we focused on the most was not necessarily changing anything or doing reinventing the wheel or, 
or doing something different, but rather getting the players to realize what their peers or their teammates wanted. And um, that was the whole philosophy about all our preparation. And it was, it wasn't telling people what they couldn't do, but rather asking what, them what they wanted to do and making sure everyone understood that. And um, that obviously took us into the first game, which back looking back now, um, a 5-3 win or a victory against um, Vizzies was not very, not very assuring or reassuring considering we wanted to back to the semis at least. Oh, that was probably the goal. Um, we then went on to the next, uh, the next uh, fixture, which um, again wasn't um, wasn't the hockey that we were looking to play. But from what we were doing behind the scenes, every evening mental sessions in terms of trust and backing one another, and actually trying to achieve something, and almost uh, sticking it to the man, if that makes any sense, in terms of having such a young team, um, we yeah started growing and it started festering. And then when we played the Raiders, um, which on paper we agreed that was we were never going to win it um, based on uh, based on history's results yeah, um, uh, Ross, coming away with a 5-4 Ross pause there because I want to talk about the Raiders game separately perfect okay so uh, Derek's going to interject okay. with a question that's, problem. Yeah, that's more peace out uh, yeah, Ross. Uh, just, okay. I mean, y- you you spoke about having such a young team, and and Tyron mentioned it in the intro to the show. I mean, just elaborate a bit more on that. I mean, your oldest player was twenty seven years old, and eight of the eleven were twenty one or younger. I mean, th- that's unbelievable. Firstly, to to go in with such a young squad, and then secondly, to to come out with the title. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the irony is that Jody Erasmus, the captain of the side, actually coached me when I was in matric. Um, because, yeah, I turned, yeah, looking to turn 26 this year. And um, basically, from that, um, it was already a thing of Jody had to work out that he wasn't playing with uh, 30 year olds or 29 year olds that had years and years of experience. He had to almost bring himself down to their level in terms of what, what, what made them tick. And, um, and hats off to Jody for doing that. Um, the players, there was no divide. Every one of them, um, I think at times Jody came across as the youngest in the team. And our youngest, Mustafa Kasim, at 16, he became the oldest, if that makes any sense. And um, yeah, I think on paper, being the youngest team actually gave us probably a, yeah, gave us a underdog mentality. And um, at the end of the day, we know that there's all these stories, how Leicester can win a Premier League, um, just like how can a, a team of average of 20 years old win an IPT. And um, it just shows that anything can be done in sport. Was it Alex Ferguson, I think, who coined the phrase, you don't win trophies with boys? Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, sticking it up to, to Alex Ferguson, for one. <laughs> I mean, of all the people to uh, show the finger to. <laughs> it's a, it's a good one to tick off the list. Um, Ross, obviously, at the for myself, I thought uh, your game against Northern Gauteng, where, where uh, Mustafa got you a last-minute winner. I thought that was probably, for me, a big turning point because all of a sudden I saw your team have belief and then you played the defending champions, the KZN Raiders, the team that everybody thought was going to romp to another title in the group stage and somehow you found yourself 4-1 up in the first half. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're just going back to the game, it's actually quite crazy. So early on in the game, Mustafa Kassini took a, a flick from the outside and we'd already worked out that the Northern keepers out of 10 short corners hadn't come off their line. So that was their strength. They deemed that they could save it on the line. But with someone like of Mustafa's flick or quality, we knew that if he got it across him, he was scoring all day. And he took one early in the game 
game and he ricocheted off the post and almost killed someone in the stand. And um, the players came to me and said, right, no, let's try something different. And later on in that game, ironically, a 16-year-old went on a winner. And as you said, in that moment, we didn't really realize what had been done. But looking back now, without that victory, we wouldn't have made the semis. And, um, and yeah, and then going on to your next question regarding Raiders, um, that was a very interesting one. I sat down with Anton von Lachenberg, um, who ultimately won goalkeeper of the tournament, as well as Joey Rasmussen. They were both our, cap- our co-captains the night before. And I said, how many times have you guys beaten the Raiders? And both of them looked at me and said, uh, yeah, out of 10 times, never. And we then agreed that we had to do something different. And, um, and that's ultimately why we started with a kicking back. And we went to 65 and uh, we kind of decided, let's do something completely different. And if we don't get the result, well, we weren't going to get it anywhere. Um, and ironically, we did end up getting a card after a minute and a half. So we went five, first five and a keeper. Um, but just the idea of doing something different, and it, in my opinion, definitely worked uh, for the first half. Um, it, it, it gave the guys another, uh, yeah, gave them more faith or more trust in the process. And um, ultimately, we ended up losing the result um, after missing a stroke. But what it created for the team was, was unbelievable. Yeah, Ross, and, and, you know, something was really noticeable for me in, in that game was it, it felt a little bit like you had identified uh, Jethro Eustace, who has uh, won Player of the Year numerous occasions as featured for South Africa at both Indoor and Outdoor World Cup. But it appeared that this was the moment where Diane Kasim was going to stand up and, and make his statement, and it almost appeared that he was targeting Jethro. Was that something that you as a coach decided, or was that just something that the Kasim individual brilliance brought on? So, as a group, we we kind of worked out that it has to be the biggest weakness. And what we've seen over the course of the years, and Jethro is a close friend of mine, and um, it was that in frustrating times, players will react differently. And what we decided was that the Raiders hadn't been put under a certain type of pressure, so therefore they hadn't experienced it. So therefore, let's see what they would do under it. And it wasn't necessarily that Jethro was the, the player we wanted to target. It could have at that time ended up actually being John T, whoever was in that position. But the idea was that that was the press we were going to do. That was the pressure we were going to put on. And regardless of whether it was their best player or their weakest player, we we're going to get louder. We we're going to get aggressive. And we we're going to do something that would throw them off their game, that potentially they would shift their focus from the hockey to maybe the teammates or the umpire. And, and that was kind of our, our, our philosophy for that game or the concept. Um, it just unfortunately happened to be Jethro. And um, with the Kasims, uh, anyone that they put in front of them, it could be World Player of the Year or it could be... Uh, your local player, social player, they're going to play in the same way. And that's the, the biggest positive of the Kasim brothers. Ross, uh, there's seminal moments in my sports watching career uh, growing up. I'll, I'll never forget seeing A.B. de Villiers for the first time as a youngster. And I realized this guy is going to tear the world apart in terms of his cricketing talent. I remember watching a rugby match. Grey High were playing, and I watched Luke Watson in action. And um, and still to this day, it's the best uh, schoolboy player I've ever seen. And I had the same feeling when watching the Kasim brothers. Uh, I mean, you spoke briefly now, but, I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable the level of talent these guys possess. Yeah, I fully agree. And if you look at... 
what they can do in terms of what the space they can do it and how they can fit into a team. I had plenty of conversations, be it uh, on day one or be it on the last night at the after party with various people. And um, they, they very misunderstood. And from a crowd perspective, they often seem to be arrogant or um, disrespectful or, or, um, or cocky. But if, and I urge myself, my response to any one of them is just sit them down, have a Coke or have a coffee and pick their brains. And after that, Come back and talk to me afterwards because on the field, it's, they will do whatever is necessary to win the game. And off the field, they're the most respectful young gentlemen I've ever had the privilege of coaching. And the biggest positive for me about the Kasim brothers is at no point did they want to make it about them. Maybe from a crowd's point of view, people would say otherwise. But from a team's dynamic, it never, ever revolved around them. And when it came to that last flick against Northern to uh, get us into the semis or to get us the, the three points the collective unit all looked at me and said Mustafa's flick and it wasn't Mustafa saying it's mine it wasn't Diane saying give it to me it was all of them saying give it to the 16 year old youngster in the team to win us this game and again when he did it wasn't ever in doubt now you've been fortunate enough to watch Mustafa for years with Pro Series Indoor so we're going to step away from the IPT before we talk about the semi-final and final uh, it's a good time now to talk about, I mean, you've mentioned PSR already. Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, can you first just tell us, what is PSR? All right, so Pro Series Indoor, it, it inadvertently it would probably be your junior indoor setup throughout the country. So obviously in outdoor, we have your from under 13 all the way up to under 18 uh, boys and girls provincial setups. And um, with indoor, because there's no real... Um, junior setup. Obviously, there's a there's a girls league and a schools league in the KZN, um, but there's nothing official. And basically, what PSI is, Simon Martin uh, developed a product where any player from any school can join their local franchise and uh, play play matches uh, with different teams. So it drops boundaries. It uh, wasn't um, schools versus schools. It was basically the best, well, not even the best, accessible to any kid in the area could play it. And obviously, over the course of the time, it's now in the 11th year, it's now gone to a point where across our country, as well as Namibia, Zimbabwe, we can go further and say Ireland and Holland, etc. It's now created something where all players from the sphere, or from the entire country, are able to play against one another, not wearing their school or not wearing their provincial colors. And um, yeah, it's, that's basically what PSI is. And it's created a platform for players to go potentially eight years of competitive mini IPTs to prepare them ultimately for the senior IPT, which we just saw. Yeah, and, and we're starting to see more and more of those players come through. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more and it's going to raise the quality. Um, Ross, and, and what exactly is your role with Pro Series Indoor? So at the current moment, there's a, there's a group of a group of people that run the Pro Series Indoor in, in the country. Obviously, Sam Martin being the owner, Bruce Jacobs, um, his right-hand man. And then I can go forward, obviously, between Luke Tonneson and other, and other individuals, but my current role would be pretty much our national tournament, as well as trying to take the brand across uh, internationally. And um, ultimately, my own personal goals linked up with the companies is to create a, a, a concrete platform that everyone knows that this will facilitate players' growth into our national setup. So players know that once they finish at under-18 level, there's a there's a pro the process will continue growing them into the national setup. Um, 
because at the moment that's where kind of it, there's, a, there's a drop off where players finish under 18 and then there's not necessarily um, a, a, a plan for them going to the national setup. Um, but if we can, as PSI, working with Saha, can can create that, I think we yeah we definitely are definitely on a good wicket. All right, and and uh, before we dive straight back into RPT for those two crunch matches, you went to the Hockey World Cup this year, correct, or last year? Yeah, yeah. Tell us just a little bit yeah, about the, the the Indoor Hockey World Cup and. Uh, why indoor hockey is such a greatly palatable sport? I lost you a bit there, but I think I got the question. So, basically, with indoor hockey, um, you only need you only need eight players. Uh, yes, you can say you need twelve, uh, a full team swap, but you need eight players that are that are able to play at a at a high level uh, for for a short period of time. That's ultimately why your Irans or your Austrias are able to to play um, at such a high level. Obviously, again, Austria don't can't play outdoor because of the weather permutations. Potentially, Iran as well. But it's it's a shortened game in terms of if your individuals can influence it a lot quicker because they can get from one side of the field to the other side. They can they can manipulate presses or game plans a lot quicker. Whereas outdoor, where you one in eleven. Um, it's a little more trickier of a larger area. So for me, indoor hockey, it's, it also doesn't cost, okay, yes, an indoor facility can cost a lot of money, but an AstroTurf being 10 million um, in one area, an indoor center can be used for multiple sports. And I think that's definitely why someone like in Namibia um, are, are improving so much is because they realize they don't need 10 indoor centers. They can... They can, yeah, their players can move through the system and ultimately get into the national setup a lot quicker, um, which I think maybe we need to really start looking at their program. All right, fantastic. Let's let's we've used that diversion to to clear your mind. Let's go to that semi final. <laughs> Western Province finished second in their pool, play KZN inland, featuring Matt Fairweather, Justin Domlio, Chris McCarthy guys who were at the World Cup for South Africa, guys who on their day can can rip a team to shreds. As much as uh, as much as much Western Province had shown us some incredible character, there were many there thinking that the hosts would use their wily experience um, to carry it through. And in the end, the scoreline was fairly close, but the game was not really that close in a 5-3 win. Can you take us through that game? Yeah, so this is, uh, I think maybe a lot of people listening to this might um, be interested in our game, game plan. But uh, we worked out that their biggest asset was their biggest weakness. And Chris McCaffey was, who's an unreal goalkeeper, and uh, I would say to him, potentially the top two keepers in the tournament, um, was also um, potentially one of their weaknesses in terms of how um, a bit of a hothead. And um, long story short, we worked out that if we, we aggravated him enough uh, by doing certain things in the game, um, we would more than likely be able to, to play a numbers-up game. And um, ironically, as we scored our first goal, um, if I'm correct, he actually got a yellow card um, for pushing the player over. And um, this wasn't a coincidence. It was something that we had seen consistently over the course of the tournament. And we ended up then playing. And that just set us up because, one, the game plan worked, and two, we were up. And then from there, we were able to kind of just put ourselves 
I was at ease. And um, we also worked out that uh, certain players in their team were going to do certain roles more often. And this meant that we could adapt our press because the opposition player wasn't able to actually do something else. They could only do a certain role. And, um, and that meant that once that was starting to fall into our plan, it, it, they, everyone saw our plan, well, our team felt our plan was working. And um, we could press the certain individuals at certain angles, and they were going to keep giving us the ball. And um, the moment it kept happening, and we kept turning it over, players were able to get more confident. And as you saw, I mean, the moment the players played with their tails up, it was some very, very attractive hockey. Ross, you mentioned Chris McCarthy being a bit of a hothead and you wanted to use that to your advantage. How exactly did you rile him up? I mean, what were the tactics? Uh, to get in his face, to, to try and do off-field skirmishes as you were? I mean, h- how was it? How did you get him so heated up? Yeah, so my, my sort of coaching style is a bit of an interesting one. I've come from a school where um, we, can't, we can't compete player for player quality-wise. So we have to do things uh, a little bit smarter. So... Um, what we did was every single time we had a 16 or a, a nine yard hit. So, um, on our outlet, we would have a player on his, on his, on his kickers, on his pads. And, um, every single time he would try and move forward, that our player would move back. So basically we were blocking his vision. We were, um, we were just frustrating him and like small things that we had worked out that every time our player made eye contact with him for like, without saying a word without doing anything, um, that would be deemed illegal by an umpire and thing like that he would shift his focus to the player and he would completely forget about the game. And we just, I had two players that um, their personalities were, you can do whatever you want to me and I won't affect my game. And we just, we had players standing behind him when the player were running towards him so he couldn't move backwards. We had players every time walk past just politely just graze his kickers or his leg guards. But at no point would it have been worthy of a card. And that was always so important. It couldn't be dirty. It couldn't be um, unsportsmanlike. It just had to be different. And um, it got to a point ultimately where he started really focusing on the, on the forward that was doing it. And that forward ultimately got the lucky touch and then got smashed from behind. And that's when we scored the goal and we went to play up. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. I remember Sean Fitzpatrick used to get in the faces of the Springboks back in the day. And, and just like that, uh, nothing illegal, but enough to get them worked up. And, and it worked to perfection. And... Uh, as was certainly the case uh, with you guys. So congratulations. Tyron, back to you. All right. So then we get to the historic moment. Having overcome KZN inland, you would have probably expected to play the Raiders in the final. And somehow, well, not somehow, they were, they were stunned by a rather inspired Namibia side. Uh, you know, we're not going to enter into that debate now about a country playing in a national tournament uh, into provincial tournaments. But so it was Namibia in the final. A Namibia side who's coached superbly well by Trevor Cormack, who I know you're actually very good friends with. Um, in fact, I, if I'm correct, you sat next to his wife, Shane, for the semi-final. Were, was that uh, trying to to get a little bit of tactics from her? No. Um, actually, with Namibia, with Trevor, I think if I had to going into the final, if I had to sit down with him over a coffee or merely in the stands, I wouldn't be surprised if he gave me advice on how to actually to win it. That's the, the McCormack's. Uh, they will, they will, they're hockey lovers and they're there for the greater good. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if your question is going to go on further, but <laughs> yeah, if it's yeah. regarding 
Yeah, so so let, let, let's now go through the final. So, you know, yes, we, we, we know Namibia fantastically coached. The team that he had there was missing three or four players. Obviously, DJ Strauss and goal, Siabonga Martins, two big misses. But they had, they had impressed and they got their way there on, on by no fluke. They deserved their place there. But the way you started that final was as dominant I've seen an indoor hockey team start. And really, in the opening 10 minutes, I think you were unfortunate to only be 1-0 up. Yeah, so I think if I'm correct, by 12 minutes, we were 3-0 up. I might be incorrect. But I know in the first... In the first fifteen, at least, we were we were three goals up, and then end up going to three two, but uh, just after half time. But with Namibia, we, we so, yeah, we were quite. One, I was surprised that uh, Namibia got the victory over the Raiders, but um, I was actually ready when I was taking notes in the stands in the semi final. I was ready for either, and I was actually quite excited for either. And a few people came up to me and said, "What do you? Which team would you prefer to play?" And I couldn't give them an answer, and it wasn't because. They were both great, but because I knew our players would either love to play against the structure of a Namibian team and the youth of Namibia, or they'd love to play get their get their um, their victory back on them um, on the Raiders, which they all deemed that we should have had. Um, so either way, it was a win-win for us. And then going against Namibia, the best thing about Namibia is their structure and their discipline, and that they stuck to their system from the start to the end, and. They, that system caused them to go three goals down, but it also caused them to go through, um, uh, come back to almost equalize three two, and um, and that's my that's where I take my hat off to Trevor because I know for a fact as a young coach myself, I would have been doubting my system, I would have been changing it, and Trevor showed that just continue on and the chances will come, and ultimately they got a, a short corner in final time, and um, and yeah, that that could have. <laughs> throwing the game out completely. But back to your, your question about the game plan. Um, we knew how they were going to press. We knew that they had a certain system, a certain um, uh, a certain pattern. And um, the moment that we could get through that, that, that pattern, um, we knew we were in. And again, individual uh, brilliance of a few players in the beginning meant that we could score three goals. And as I said previously, once our tails were up, um, it was an unbelievable show. No, absolutely. I think, you know, you you were almost spot on. It was 15 minutes. Mustafa Kasim, Idris Abdullah and Diane Kasim, which again also speaks to, you know, the setup of your side. You had different goal scorers in most games. I mean, I know Mustafa contributed the most overall, but when you look at your games, different players scored. I mean, in one game you had six different goal scorers. I think that, that also showed that, that you created a threat across it and you know, we talk about the Kasim brothers, but you also had the Baker brothers who who were more and more impressive as they would go. Uh, Lockheed's in goals is probably playing the best hockey of his life, and I'd be surprised if he doesn't get a South African call-up. Uh, you've already spoken about Jody Erasmussen, and I really do think that Jody flourished as the captain of this younger side. Um, you know, you, you, every single player in that Western Province side, your, yourself as coach, uh, you know Nathan as your manager. I think all of you covered yourselves in glory. I think you, the the, the class with which you accepted your your victory was fantastic. And as a fan of hockey, I just really really enjoyed, and that's why I said to Derek, we've got to get you on. Is I just really enjoyed that as a young coach, you weren't scared to try different tactics. I think so often coaches find a tactic that works, 
and they just plug and play. And, you know, if you talk about uh, Sir Alex Ferguson earlier, we talk about Arsene Wenger. He was notorious for saying he never watched the opposition side. He just prepared his team and wins. But the meticulous nature in which you planned for who you were playing for and, and changed your game approach, I thought it was great. I thought it was refreshing. And I think uh, it's more than just a feather in your cap and something you should be incredibly proud of. Yeah, I really, really, really appreciate that, Jabu. And um, yeah, I think again, as you mentioned quite clearly, it was it was a massive team effort, and every and giving the opportunity, being given the opportunity from the Western Province Hockey Union, I yeah, I yeah, I'm so proud of the guys that they what they could put together, and um, I'm really and whoever might um, take over the side going forward, be it myself or be it uh, another coach, as long as we continue the process in the Western Cape and ultimately our country, I, I'm very very excited for 2020 going forward. Ross, it's been fascinating chatting to you. I love the insight and even for a non-hockey lover, I'm not talking about me, but anyone that's just into sport and how the mind works, uh, I mean, they'd be absolutely fascinated with how you went about tactically and uh, physically going to to win that title. So congratulations on the achievement and and best of luck for 2019. I'm sure a big future awaits and uh, we wish you everything uh, but the best going forward. Thank you so much, Derek. I really, really appreciate it. And all the best for yourself as well. Thanks. But Ross, before you go, we have a little bit of a a, a tradition here on the Hockey 24-7 podcast. And it is called the One Question Only Quiz. And now it's your turn. In uh, 2018, at the PSI Senior Nationals, the Sables and the Barracudas played each other in a very important game. What was the final score? Sure. <laughs> um, 2018. Boys and the section. They won it. They could have won it. So it had to be... Sure, I'm going to say 4-1. Uh, you're not far off. It was 6-2 with uh, Mustafa Kasim Hattrick. Ah, that should have been better there. <laughs> uh, all right, Russ, thank you very much for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure. We look forward to following your your hockey coaching career. I know you're coaching all around, but a uh, little bit of your hockey playing career as well because I don't think those days are quite over. And, of course, we look forward to uh, seeing how you and uh, the PSI team continue to grow the sport of indoor hockey, not just in South and Southern Africa, but all over the world. Thank you for joining us, Russ.